just want to ask you to open up your heart tonight and to just welcome the Holy Spirit and ultimately welcome your husband. I know, men, I know for the men, it, the concept, the idea of a husband is difficult to resonate and relate with. And I know this is in, in part of it, what many men struggle with in terms of their relationship with God. But tonight I ask you as men to shift into a position in your heart where you welcome the king and you also see him tonight as as the head, as the priest, as the king over your life. So join us tonight as we go into a position where we really are the bride of Christ. So I just want to open in prayer and just say we welcome you. We welcome you, our Father. We welcome you, our precious Jesus. And we welcome you, our beautiful Holy Spirit. As we just surrender fresh, we come before you and we just ask you to come and speak to our hearts. Come and fine-tune our hearts tonight, Holy Spirit, on this, on this very topic that you alone have designed and created. Lord, this is not a topic that a man has created. Be there many books in all the world on marriage. You are the author. You are the founder. You are the one that created, designed, and established marriage. And tonight, I just welcome your Holy Spirit to come and speak through us, come and speak to us about marriage. And there's a word that you've dropped in my heart, Lord. So I just ask you to come and just anoint my lips. I surrender my heart. I surrender my hands. And I surrender my mind. I surrender my mouth to you right now. Let you come, Holy Spirit. Let your fire burn and speak through me tonight. Speak to God. Let us get off the Zoom tonight, each one having received some word from you to take back. We eagerly wait upon your Holy Spirit to come and have your way. Amen. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, right now that you sanctify this Zoom session. I cover this phone call. I cover this Zoom call. Our phones right now in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that the airwaves are cleared right now. We stand with you tonight in heavenly places, Lord, as we and as we lean in and hear from you. Thank you, Lord, that tonight we will be touched and changed with the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Oh 
the link afterwards we couldn't hear it very well but it's a beautiful song that talks about dance with me glory come down and it's a jewish band that is playing a song on the rooftops of jerusalem and they're basically singing to the lord saying come dance with me and let your glory come down and when i when i saw this song and when i listened to it and i saw the setting it just felt like it was a bit of a picture of what make that we will be waiting in expectation that there'll be a dance in our hearts as we await the coming of our of our king of and i suppose tonight the question is 
are you still expectant? What is your level of expectancy? I'm just going to uh, unvideo myself. What is your level of expectancy? Are you standing on the rooftop awaiting the coming of your group? Are you on the rooftop dancing? Are you ready to dance? Do you know how to dance? Do you have your dancing shoes on? Do you have your dress ready? Do you have your suit ready? Is the band ready? Are you prepped and planned for the coming of the king? And the word that the Lord dropped in my heart around marriage tonight, and I'm talking across the board to those who may have been married, those who are married, and those who are yet to be married, is the word preparation. And it actually ties in with what Prof was just talking about randomly before we started, talking about me and my work situation. But the bottom line of what Prof was saying to me, which I know is the truth, is about preparation and that God never sets us up to fail. He sets us up as overcomers. We already are overcomers through the blood of Jesus and through the cross. But he prepares us. He takes us through ebbs and lows. He takes us through mountaintops and valley lows. He takes us through seasons where he prepares. A young girl can't just go and get married. Well, she can, but would she be prepared? Do you see teenagers, and just hear me out here, do you see teenagers? Is it appropriate for a teenager to get married? No. Why? Not yet prepared. They are not yet mature. They are not yet able to comprehend the things of maturity. Now, is marriage only for the mature then? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that God prepares us to a place of maturity, both in him and with one another as humans for the assignment of marriage. What if I tell you tonight that marriage is an assignment from God? What if I tell you tonight that where you are right now in your journey could be the very place where God has you, where he's preparing you for what's to come? Can I, any of us, step into a director's role tomorrow? No, why not? Because we're not prepared for that. That might be where God is taking us. But in order to be promoted, in order to, and promotion is not only in the workplace, promotion can come in different ways and forms. And God alone is the one who promotes us. But in order for promotion to come in any or every sphere of our life, there comes a time and a place of preparation. Are you prepared in this life for the next life? Are you prepared for your spouse? Because let me tell you, and those who have been married will know, that marriage is not for sissies. I talk to you tonight from a place of where we are married. We have been married for seven years. You might think, well, seven years is not a long time. What do you really know about marriage? 
well. I know from my place of experience, I know from my, my walk with God, how he's taught me. And he, he received a prophetic vision and then he shared it with us. And it speaks to the very word of preparation, but the prophetic vision, the prophetic word that we received on the day that we got married was this. God had showed the pastor that married us a massive orchard. An orchard is a plantation full of trees that bear fruit. And the word of the Lord was that if you, Claire and Javon, keep God at the center of your marriage, you will bear much fruit. And many will come and pick from your fruit and glean from what God will do in and through your marriage. Now, it sounds beautiful. The picture is beautiful. I see the orchid, orchard. We can all see it. You imagine rows and rows and rows of apple trees or orange trees. Looks beautiful. But in that prophetic word, there was a condition that God gave us. It's one word, two letters, and it's the word I'm sharing with you tonight as well, and it's the word if. If you would, if you will keep God at the center of your marriage. There was a condition that God gave us on that very, and that condition still, and it's a condition that is in the word of God that applies to each of us. It's Matthew 6, 33. It's Genesis to Revelation. If it's a choice you and I make, many choose to do marriage without God. Many choose to do marriage with God. You might ask, is there a difference? What if it, us as believers would look upon people who are married, who are unbelievers, and it seems like their marriage is successful, they're fruitful, they're in love, they get marriage right. And then you look at Christians and we see the opposite. And then we think, but how does that work? And my response to that is simply don't compare yourself. Don't ever compare your marriage to anyone else. Just like you can never compare your relationship with God to anyone else's relationship with God. Just like you can't compare yourself to anyone else. Just like your fingerprint is so unique, there is no one else on this earth that has a fingerprint like yours. Just like your voice is so unique. Just like your personality, just like your features are so unique. So is your marriage. And many, many Christians and many people fall into the deception where they judge and they compare and they assume, they look upon people's marriages from the outer. We look at one another from the outside and we assume, oh, because she sounds a certain looks or he, that, no, you can't compare. You can't compare. It is unique. It is intimate. And so God said to us, if you will, and like I said, that word still stands. And everyone wants to get married and everyone desires to get married. It is an inbuilt in a desire 
given to us by God, it is natural to have that desire to be married. But tonight I ask you who is waiting upon the Lord for a, for a partner, you who are already married, how prepared are you for this? And are you willing to allow God to prepare you for your spouse? Does you, do you know how to prepare yourself for your spouse? Do you know how to prepare yourself for the Lord himself? Do you know what preparation even means? Are we willing to be groomed and prepared by God for him and another in the context of marriage? It's one thing to sign a document. It's one thing to arrange a wedding. The tables can be set. The candles are lit. The ambiance is beautiful. There's glitter and there's glamour. There's crystals. There's a five-course meal. There's the finest table setting. But when you walk out that chapel and all the lights are off and all the glitter is gone, then real life begins. Then the day-to-day walk, living like Jesus, being in a relationship, being in a marriage, sorry, being in a marriage and looking and sounding and behaving like Jesus now begins. And there have been many times, and and I say this from a place of of strength, that there have been many times that I wanted to walk out of marriage because it was just too hard. I wanted to rather be single because it seems like it's easier to be single. But I've been single for many years, and I know being single has its own challenges. It has its own pros and its own cons. And at the end of the day, it's not about the status of being married or single. It's about the state of my heart. It's about my relationship with Jesus, because from that place, everything else flows. Are you prepared for what's to come? Are you prepared to forgive? Are you prepared to to sacrifice? Are you prepared to forgive more than 77 times 7? Are you prepared to serve unconditionally? Are you prepared to love unconditionally? Are you prepared to love even when the honeymoon is over? Are you prepared to go through alleys that come with the marriage, that do come with marriages? the loss of a job, poverty, restriction, debt. You know, many things, yes, are man-made. We cause many, many things ourselves. But in the context of life, we know we'll face challenges and trials and tribulations. When the going gets tough, are you prepared to stand with your spouse unconditionally? Can you, could you stand, listen, could you stand through infidelity? Could you stand with your spouse through that? I'm using a, Severe example. But guess what? It's the word of God. Paul tells us, tells the married couple that even if your spouse commits adultery, cheats on you, if there is space in your heart to forgive him or her, guess what? You should. Because nothing is impossible for God to yield, to reconcile, to restore. Because he is love. He's the God of unconditional love. 
And if God, who is God, can forgive unconditionally and love unconditionally, then I need to know how and I need to be able to walk in that. And it's hard. It's tough. Let me tell you, marriage prepares you. Marriage prepares us. Marriage on this earth prepares us for the marriage that will come. And Prof has spoken to us many times. I mean, we know that we're in the end days. We're in the end times. And many things will still come our way. But are we prepared? Are you today? Is your, your relationship and your heart rooted in the Lord? That when the adultery of this world, when, and I'm hearing the word, when the fornication of this world, and I'm prophetically speaking now, when the things of this world will come against us, when the end time manifestations would come and try and separate us from the lover of our soul, will you stand? Do you know how to love then unconditionally? Will you be able to forgive? Will you be able to overcome? And it sounds easy. Yes, I can. Yes, I am. Yes, I will. But let me tell you, when you're walking in marriage, every ounce of flesh, every fiber of your being is being tested daily. And daily there's an opportunity to mature. Daily there's an opportunity to forgive Daily, there's an opportunity to serve. And as we know, as the saying goes, charity begins at home. And if I can't get marriage right, if I can't get serving, if I can't get loving, if I can't get giving right at home in my marriage, which is a, is a platform God uses to prepare us, you know, right out, how right we feel. And so I constantly remind myself of that as well. But Lord, how can I love people out there, but yet I have an issue in my heart with my husband? That's a contradiction. I need to sort, I need to sweep through my, I need to sweep my front door first before I can go sweep someone else's front door, as the saying goes. Okay. Hello. <laughs> okay, I'm going to just, um, I'm going to just continue. Are you all? Yeah, let me just check. Prof, Stuart, Marcia. Okay, fine. Um, yeah? The dog is also there. The dog's also there. Well, okay. So, what, what I'm sharing and what I really feel is on the, on, on, on God's heart for tonight and, and speaking to us. And I really am speaking to you by the spirit, I believe. It's not what I'm sharing with you is not really even in my notes. So that's how I know the Lord is really speaking. And and this is, you know, the word preparation and the position of preparation, like I said, is not only for those who are yet to be married. It's for those who are already married as well. And so how do you prepare? How do you constantly prepare yourself? How do we constantly prepare ourselves? 
to do marriage well. That's the key. To love well, to give well, to serve well. And every day, I believe God gives us opportunities to practice. He gives us opportunities to get it right. He gives us opportunities to do it well. It's whether we it's whether we identify those opportunities. It's whether we see those opportunities. And so for those who are not married, all I will say to you is start preparing yourself. Look around. What skills do you need? What skills do you lack? So marriage is not only about love and emotion. There's, there's, and holistic overview, if I can call it that, because we are not so spiritually minded that we are physically no good. No. God has made us a whole being, so we practically have to still live day to day. So what are your, if I can use the word, what are your housekeeping skills like? Can you cook? Can you make a bed? Do you make your bed? Can you sew? <laughs> Can you budget? Can you work with money? Can you do things together? Are you self-centered where it's all about you? So practically, I would say go back and sit down and think things through. If you were married, what do you lack and what do you need? And that's what you need to equip. Go and do it. Go and read a book. Go and do a course. Go and prepare. Go and upskill yourself. Be ready. Because when God brings your spouse, there's no time to run around. You need to be in a place of preparation. We waiting on you. We will wait on you. But many times, you now God is waiting on us. Time in the world. And he's patient. But tonight, I'm asking you, the singletons, I'm asking you, how prepared are you? How ready are you? If I want to have a baby, can I just have a baby now? No, I can't. What does God do? He takes me through nine months of what? Preparation. Where my body, my hormones, my emotions, everything over a nine-month period aligns, comes into a place where it's then ready to receive this baby. Otherwise, God could give us a child instantly. He's designed it that he prepares us. He prepares both mother and father for the coming of this baby. So are you prepared for the arrival of your spouse? You might have been single for him now that you actually even know how to see, don't even know how to think of what it would be like to have someone every night, every day in your face. You don't even know what it's like to cook anymore because you've just stopped that. You don't even know what it's, do you hear what I'm saying? So each of you will know that. But get prepared. You can do that for yourself. You know what your shortcomings are. You know the areas that you can do better, better, where you can improve, should I say, where you can do better. And start preparing yourself. And as you prepare, as you take God now gets ready. And at the point of time, he does the impossible. At the point of time, the birthing takes place. At the point of time, he brings that spouse. Many of us are not ready for what God has, has ordained for us. 
and we're waiting on him and God's waiting on Many of us will not be able in our current state be able to contain or deal with what God has for us, including a spouse. For those of us who are married, don't become complacent and think, oh, now that I have my spouse, it's okay. I'll just go through the motions of it or, you know, you become used to one another. And so the flame dies and, you know, you just go through day for day and you forget to have that date night. You forget to spend quality time. You forget to communicate. You forget to understand your spouse's love language because, oh, now I've got, I've got, I've got my spouse and he cries. Now what now? Now the Mickey is over. Now, now the hard work begins. Hard work implying. Daily, it's a walk. Daily, a walk with God. From that flows your marriage. From that flows every relationship. What are the relationships right now? What if God is using people around you to prepare you for your spouse? What are your finances like right now? What if God is preparing you to know how to work with a second income or a third income and to budget and to no longer just think of yourself? What what about your purpose? So for those of us who are married and those who are single, at the end of the day we know that we each have purpose and a destiny. Do you know what your purpose is so that when you meet a potential mate that you know whether they would align with your destiny or not? You will know that, but you need to know your purpose. Many of us don't even know what our purpose is, but we want to get married. And then many marry a spouse that's not aligned to their life purpose. And yes, God can supernaturally turn that around, but be sensitive to your purpose because a marriage or a partner can actually take you out of your destiny, I believe, when they're not aligned or in tune with where God is taking you. So do you know what your purpose is? Even when you are married, you still have a purpose. You still have an individual destiny. Collectively as a couple, yes, but individually as well, because alone you will stand before the Lord. Your spouse will not be there with you. Your mother will not be there with you. You'll stand alone before the Lord. And they are destiny, they are a sign destiny that God has aligned to you as an individual that you need to fulfill. Don't hide behind your spouse. Do you know what your destiny is? Can you join? Can you merge? Can you champion your spouse? Can you champion their destiny to, to merge with yours, to be married to your destiny, but at the same time also allow one another space to run their race? Many couples come. I've experienced that myself. And so very quickly, a marriage can actually suffocate the assignments and even the destiny God has for you because we misinterpret and we misunderstand what marriage is. And marriage generates pain and conflict often because husband and wives do not fully understand their roles and responsibilities. And we know that there's scripture 
We know what God's word says very simply to a husband and a wife, how they are to treat one another. It sounds simple. On the on the outlook, on the surface level, it sounds so simple. But what does it truly mean for a husband to love your wife like Christ loves the church? If you're single or you're married, you need to go understand that as a husband. You need to get that in your spirit, man, like never before. You need to be able to comprehend what God is saying to you as a husband. There's instruction to you as a husband different you as the wife. What does it mean to you as a wife to respect your husband, to honor him? What does that mean? What does that look like on a day-to-day basis? In the word, it looks amazing. It sounds amazing. It sounds wonderful. But practically day-to-day, what does God mean when he says, I'm to respect my husband? What does he mean when he says you are to love your wife? And I know we think we know. We think we know what love is. We think we know what respect is. And yes, we have a certain understanding and we have a definition. But maybe the challenge tonight is go and seek and go and ask God again for yourself. What does this mean? And how can we truly do marriage God's way? How can we truly Align with the design that God has outlined marriage to be. That, to me, is what successful marriage is. Not what the world says. Not what a Mills Boone book says. But what God says it is. What he says how it looks like. And let me tell you, to me all the time, He will rebuke me. He will chastise me. He will tell me off if I'm out of line. But he does it with so much love. But I'm quick to listen. I don't always get it right. But I'm I'm working on it because guess what? I'm a work in progress. Guess what? My husband is a work in progress. None of us are perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. But as I love on my husband, as I forgive him 77 times, 7 times, 10 million times, the more I do it, the more I'm showing him forgiveness. I'm showing him unconditional love. And what if that's the love that now draws him into his destiny? What if he has to forgive me 77 times, 7,000 times? And it's that love, the Father's love through him that I see that draws me into fellowship and deeper communion with the Lord. Are you ready to be convicted by the Holy Spirit in every relationship, be it a friendship, be it in marriage? Because it's only the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's the small little things that we actually take for granted that we miss it. Small little Habits, it's the small little foxes that come and steal the vine. It's a small little productive behavior. It's, a, it's, it's those small little things that when we don't get it right, those become the big things. Those are the things that the enemy uses to create the, the separation in our relationships and in our marriage. Or can you forgive quickly? Can you love unconditionally? Can you is the question. Let me tell you tonight, if you can't, you will struggle in marriage. 
it will be a curse more than a blessing. And I say that with much respect. I'm not, don't take it out of context. But the beauty is that although we can be, although we can prepare and although we should allow God to prepare us, we can never truly fully be prepared. Because even the day you get married, preparation continues. Daily there's a preparation. Daily there's a molding. Daily there's a surrender. Daily there's a grooming. And that's beautiful when you do that with the Lord and with your spouse. And that's how you grow. And that's how you mature. And that's how you get couples when they've been married for 30 years. <laughs> can share how they've survived 30 years of marriage. I once read people that have been married for many, many years, and they interviewed the couple as people love to do because there's something so deep, there's something so amazing about a couple that can be married for so many years. In my opinion, it's a miracle. And I interviewed this couple and I asked the husband and the wife several questions. And when one of the spouses answered, I think it was the wife, I asked her opinion and she said, in a marriage that lasts as long as ours, someone has to be the fool. And I often think about that and you might think, what does that mean? Someone has to be the fool or someone had to be the fool. Well, for me, it's the picture of Jesus. For me, it's the design of marriage. That it's not fool in the, in the negative sense of fool. It's fool in the sense of surrender. It's fool in the sense of 77 times 7. Forgiving and loving unconditionally. And if you look, if you do a little bit of research, if you talk to couples that have got divorced or marriages don't work, and I'm generalizing now, many, many times it's because one of them could not forgive. Or it's because one of them could not surrender. And that causes the clash, that causes the division, and that causes the separation. And again, don't take it out of context. The Bible does God's word does give context for divorce. In the context of a so I'm not. But what I'm trying to say is that we know that marriage takes two fools that are surrendered to God. And it takes two parties, it takes two hearts to surrender. Are you able to surrender? Many people cannot. Many people say they can, but they can't. And again, I don't take it out of context of being a floor mat, being a fool, being abused. That's, again, 
the flip side of the scenario. But even in that, God's word says that nothing is impossible for him. If he created marriage, if he designed marriage, then he as the manufacturer, as the designer, knows exactly how to fix that that is broken. God did not create marriage just to give us a pleasant means of reproducing and repopulating the earth and for raising children. He planted marriage among humans as yet another signpost pointing to his eternal spiritual existence. Isn't that beautiful? An author of a a marriage book wrote that. So even in marriage, God is pointing us back to him. And out of all the analogies God could have used, he used the analogy of marriage to describe the bride and the bridegroom, to describe your and his relationship, our and his relationship. Why? Because he created marriage. It was his idea. It was his design. And if you don't know how to do marriage, You go back to the author. You go back to the designer and you ask him. You go and inquire of him. You go and glean and lean from him. And so it brings me me back full circle to the word that we received on our wedding day. That was, if you place God at the center of your marriage, many couples are not willing to place and put God at the center of their marriage. Many say they do, but in effect, they don't. What does it look like to put God at the center of your marriage? What do you do when your spouse doesn't want God to be at the center of your marriage? What do you do when your marriage doesn't work out or pan out the way you had intended? What is your expectation of marriage? Don't be fooled that marriage is a Mills and Boone story. Because real life happens. And are you prepared for that? As I said earlier. Are you prepared for the the good, the bad and the ugly? Are you prepared to get your hands dirty? Are you prepared to wash your spouse's stinky feet? Are you prepared to cut his dirty toenails? I'm using this as an analogy once again. And practically. (laughs) Can you focus on your spouse's strengths rather than their weakness? Can you encourage them rather than criticize? Can you pray for them instead of gossiping about them? Can you learn and live what Christ teaches about relating to and loving others? I don't know about any of you, but if not for God, I wouldn't be able to still be married. If not for God, I would never have got married even. If not for God, I cannot even continue to be married. 
but because he's created it and because it's so sacred and so holy and so special. It's only him that can help me. It's only him that can help you. It's only him that can teach, teach and equip us. And so that's what I wanted to share with us. There are many amazing scriptures God speaks to. And um, I'll just read a few for us just to end this because God's word is powerful. And we know that as we speak, his word, it brings life and it edifies us. And so. Then the Lord God from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man the man said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of flesh she shall she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh we love to quote the scripture don't we but there are men out there who are married but are still cleaved to their mother and their father. There are women out there who are married and still cleaved to their hometown. I stand tonight and I, and I say to you, what if God takes you away from your mother and your father and tells you to move to another country? He did that to me and Javon. We weren't prepared for it. We didn't see it coming. But that was his instruction. And as I look back, I know God was very intentional, very specific in why he did what he did. It was biblical what he did. He even applied his own word. Because there's something about leaving your parents. And many people struggle with that. They can't even do that. That's pitfall number one. So I ask you tonight, are you prepared to leave your mother and your father if God brings house tomorrow? Proverbs 12 verse 4, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like a decay in his bones. What, what does a noble wife look like, Lord? What does noble character look like? How do I become that noble character filled wife, Lord? You don't need to be a wife yet, but you can go and study the character of a noble wife. You can go prepare yourself. You can allow the Holy Spirit to prepare the fruit of the character of a noble wife in you now already. You don't have to wait for the day you get married. Let that process start now. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Proverbs 18.22 Houses and wealth are inherited from parents. Wife or a wise wife is from the Lord. What it, what, a wise wife, what does that look like, Lord? How do I become a wise? How do I become a prudent wife? 
Colossians 3, 18, 19. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be with them. What does it mean to submit to our husband? Spoke about it. I spoke already. What does it mean to not be harsh to your wife? Is it just mere words? What does that look like, Lord, on a day-to-day basis? That's instruction for the husbands. Go and ask the Lord. Hebrews 13, verse 4 to 7, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immoral. Keep your eyes free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Why does God have? Verse 5, keep your lives free from me. Be content with what you have. Why does he have that? After he talks about marriage. Many are married. But still in love with money. Many are married. And have made money their God. And have forsaken their first love. Have forsaken their spouse. Many want to be married. And live up to Mr. and Mrs. Jones next door. Because we want a bigger house and a bigger car. Because we have to fit in and we have to live up to the standard of Mr. and Mrs. Jones. God's word says, keep your lives free from the love of money, husband and wife. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I'm done. And wonderful. Um, you did a brilliant job, Claire. Thank you very, very much for a powerful, powerful. Are you work. still awake or did I bore you? Can you hear me, Claire? Yes, I can. I need to excuse myself because my heart has just started fluttering again. So I, I need to kind of lay down a little bit. Okay, okay. Profi. Yes, so, no But you did. You did an amazing job. The word was so wonderful, and and thank you very much. I'd like you to pray for everybody for their marriages yes. and for those who are waiting for spouses. But I, I'm, I'm not feeling like I need to bow off right now. Okay? Yes, no problem. We love you, Prophet. Pray for you, Thank you. I love you. Love you, Bye. just see okay so father i just thank you right now for your word i thank you lord for the word that you've given us tonight i pray holy spirit that each one will take from you not from me but they'll take from you tonight that that you've spoken to their hearts and i pray holy spirit that each one will 
continue to invite you, continue to welcome you, continue to speak to you, continue to learn from you, you who are the author of marriage. And Lord, I thank you tonight that marriage is truly something that you've designed and created as we know and as your word says. And Lord, I know that each of my brothers and sisters who are not married or waiting in eager expectation for a spouse, for a husband and a wife. I pray for Prof, I pray for Stuart, I pray for Marcia, I pray for Karine, I pray for Viwe, I pray for Kirsten tonight, Lord. As they wait upon you, Lord, I pray that in this time, this season, Father, they will truly prepare themselves and that you, Holy Spirit, will prepare them, that you, Holy Spirit, whisper points of preparation into their hearts. That you, Holy Spirit, will begin to empower them and teach them in this time what's to come. Lord, I thank you that you've not forgotten them, you've not forsaken them. And I thank you, Lord, that even in a time of being single, it is by your grace, Lord, that you uphold them. It is by your grace alone, Lord, that they do not fall. By your grace, Lord, that they stay pure. It is by Lord, that they wait upon you in eager expectation for the spouse, for their spouses. And I thank you, Lord, tonight for each one's spouse. We thank you, Lord, for each one's precious spouse. We call them forth right now. Thank you, Lord, for each one's spouse. Thank you, Lord, that you two are preparing the very spouse that is yet to come forth. And I pray, Father, tonight that in this year, I prophesy this, that in this very year, this very 2020, we will see marriages. We will, we will attend weddings. We will see couples coming together through the power of your Holy Spirit. We will see you divinely connect men and women whom you will bring together for your end time army, whom you will bring to, to populate heaven, whom you will bring together to reproduce the next generation, whom you will bring together to equip even the next generation, whom you will bring together. Father, I thank you tonight my brothers and my sisters will walk in such discernment that even as the enemy would attempt to bring in an imitation of the very husband and wife that you've prepared for them, they will discern, they will know. And you'll speak to them, Holy Spirit, and you'll prepare them to even know when and who their spouse is. I've heard this many times before. A man will meet a wife and you'll speak to him and you'll say, that is your wife. And they'll know because they've heard your voice, Lord. They've heard your voice, Lord. I've heard it over and over again. And I thank you, Lord, tonight that you speak to them. That at the time, Lord, you will show them and you will speak to them. And you will tell them who their spouse is. Lord, I ask for a quickening of over us as a family, over my brothers and sisters who are waiting for a spouse, Lord. That those who have been waiting long, Lord, those who have been waiting in a place of even faithfulness, Father. That to even tonight you will hear the cries of their heart, Lord, for a spouse. 
to do life with because that is why we have a spouse, Lord, is to do life with because your word says you never created us to be alone, Lord. It is good for a husband and wife to be together. It is good, Lord. You created us to be in relationship and in union and in unity and in companionship and in communion with one another. It is a good thing. It is from you, Lord. But to my brother and my sister tonight, Lord, who are waiting for I thank you, Father, for your perfect timing. I thank you for divine collisions and connections. And I thank you, Father, for each of these spouses tonight. You know who they are. And I pray for each of spouses tonight as well. I pray a hedge of protection over their hearts. I pray a hedge of protection over their eyes and their ears and their spiritual senses. That they too will not wander off or make the wrong decision. But that they too will be so sensitive and of the leading of your Holy Spirit, that when they meet their spouse, they too will know in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, tonight that those who struggle being single, that you give them greater grace, Lord, to wait upon you. Greater grace, Lord, to be ready. Greater grace, Lord, to be prepared for the coming of their spouse and for the coming of of our King, who is you, Jesus. Let us not be in the five virgins who have all ten virgins had oil in their lamp, but five fell asleep. We often misinterpret that scripture and we read it as five had oil and five didn't have oil. They all had oil, but five fell asleep because they became weary and tired. Thank you, Lord. We will be like the five virgins who will not fall asleep because we'll be a people who are prepared, a a people who are awake and alert. Spirit of awakening rests upon us in every area of our lives. And I thank you, Lord, tonight for my brothers and my sisters who are married, that fresh fire falls upon their marriage. That, Lord, you come and you consummate a, a new fire, a new anointing, a new oil between them even. That destinies and dreams and new birthings even take place in marriages. And Father, we will be a people who will do marriage well because of your leading. And Lord, that you will be the God for even those of us who have come out of difficult marriages. Marriages that fail. That Lord, that is not our identity. But it's under the blood. It's in the past. But you're the God of restoration. You will restore. You will renew. You will make all things new. For those of us who are married, Lord, that you come and you make all things new. That even the way we did marriage last year or the previous year or even yesterday, if it's out of line with your will, if it's out of line with your word, come and help us, Lord, to do marriage your way. Maybe a complete new way. Maybe we need to know and be taught by you, Lord, how to do marriage your way. Maybe many of us don't even know how to do it. We think we do, but we don't. So we invite your Holy Spirit to come and to minister to our hearts in this very area. And I thank you, Lord, that most of all, You are our husband, as your word says in Isaiah. 
and that Lord truly, even in marriage, with me and I know you have taught and you are teaching my husband. You, have, you are teaching us, Lord, that even in marriage, to not be so dependent on one another, that we are actually independent of you. That we become one another's little gods and providers. You alone, that you alone are our supplier, that you alone are our healer. That I can never truly fulfill my husband. I can never truly fulfill my spouse. I can't because I'm a mere human. But Lord, that you alone can truly fulfill him, can truly fulfill me, can truly fulfill each spouse. And it's in that place of overflow and intimacy with you that we can now love one another, that we can now respect our husbands, honor our husbands, love our wives, the way Christ loves the church. I don't think it's a love that many of us understand, Lord, but it's your deep, deep, unconditional love. It's a love that never gives up. It's a love that's filled with grace. It's a love that's filled with forgiveness. It's a love that's filled with faith. It's a love that's filled with life. How your bride has hurt you, Lord. How you could have walked away from your bride. But you haven't. And you promise that you never will. Because at the cross you had an oath praying for my brothers and my sisters, Lord. And I thank you, Father, if you've heard this prayer tonight. I thank you, Lord, that we will celebrate both on the earth and in heaven with you. And I thank you, Lord, that there will be many wedding tables that will be set amongst us, Father. And you will come and you'll take your place among amongst us in the literal context of those who will get married and in the context of us waiting upon you. And so my prayer tonight, Lord, is that we will be a people who truly understand and do marriage the way you intended and let us help us holy spirit to to be good ambassadors of your kingdom even in marriage and that type of grace lord and so i thank you lord tonight for you just your presence holy spirit i thank you that i know that i've spoken so many things that are not planned i didn't even know but you've spoken holy spirit and i thank you for your beautiful Unction, your beautiful presence and your wisdom that has just come and sat between us and amongst us tonight. And Lord, I just speak and I just release a blessing over every one of my brothers and sisters tonight. A marital blessing, Lord. You release that blessing from heaven to earth over each of us tonight, Lord. That our marriages will go from good to great. That our relationships will go from good to great. That everything in our lives this year, as we know, will be new, is being made new by you. 
in the mighty, precious name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I just pray right now for Prof. And I thank you, Father, right now you just bring a heartbeat into perfect alignment under the obedience and under the subjection of Jesus Christ right now. That every irregular heartbeat we speak to right now, we command her heart right now to beat perfectly. I speak your shalom over Prof's heart right now, Lord. The shalom of heaven. I ask you, Jesus, as the Prince of Peace, to step into her room now, wherever she is with, with Prophet Johanna, to step into the room right now. Let your presence and your power and your peace add the very atmosphere of her car, of her clothes, right now, in the name of Jesus. Cover Prof in your precious blood. We thank you, Lord, that you are upholding her. You are her strength, her tall tower. You are her healer. You are her provider, and you are her husband. And I thank you, Lord, tonight for Kirsten. And I just speak, Father, even to her emotions. That you come, Holy Spirit, and every emotion that is out of line, every emotion that is in trauma, every emotion that is in fear, that, Lord, you are even concerned. You know our very emotions. You gave us emotions, Lord. You've made us an emo emotional people, emotional beings. I thank you tonight, Lord, for your peace that comes over her emotions right now in the name of Jesus. That every trauma is under the blood. That every trauma, Lord, you help Kirsten to work through. Every trauma Lord, is stabilized right now in her very heart and in her body, in her eyes, in her ears. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord. Emotions, that our emotions are subjected to our spirit man who is subjected to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now you come and anoint and you come and in every area of her life, in her body, her soul, her mind, and her spirit, right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, right now that her eyes. the eyes that you've given her, the eyes of an eagle, the seer's eyes that you've given her, Lord. Do you anoint her eyes, Lord, with your fire, with your glory? Thank you, Lord, that there is any infection right now. You deal with that infection, Holy Spirit. If this is your infection, if this is an infection of your spirit, Lord, then have your way. Thank you, Lord. That your ways are not our ways. And your thoughts are not our thoughts. And as far as the heavens are above the earth, so are your ways and your thoughts above ours. And so help us, Holy Spirit. And so sensitive to your voice and to your leading. In every relationship, in marriage, at work, wherever we go, we need you. I pray for Kaiso and Lerato tonight. I pray for 
and his wife to be. I pray for Prof and her husband to be. I pray for Marcy and her husband to be. I pray for Natalie and her husband. I pray for Viwe and her husband to be. I pray for Karin and her husband to be. And I thank you, Lord, that we will be a mighty family, a mighty army, whom you populate. <laughs> whom you will generate, whom you will grow. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Thank you, Claire. Amen. Thanks, Claire. Amen. Amen. Claire, our sister Viwe, is married. Oh, is she married? Oh, sorry. Yeah, she's married. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know she's married. Oh, mother. Oh. Yeah, but her husband's the quiet, moving stealth mode type. That's why we never hear or see you. Yeah, um, my word. Oh, shy. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And just... Um, Where's Larato? Amya. No, where's Larupa? Amya. Hello. Hi, family. Hello. <laughs> Another stealth. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very quiet one, but I'm here. <laughs> so, in the week, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I was telling Prof about it. Um, as you... Oh, no. Prof and I have been struggling. When we do sleep, then either the enemy wakes us up or, you know, it's just these distractions and stuff all the time. But the one night I fell asleep for about two hours before I woke up again. And um, I had a dream. And when I woke up from the dream, I woke up like in a shock. And Prof... I don't, I don't know if Prof was awake before I woke up or if she woke up when I woke up. But because of the shock, I woke up, Prof just looked at me and grabbed me and I was like... <laughs> and then I just went silent. Because um, I didn't... I dreamt about weddings, right? But when I woke up, I was very confused because wow. it's like I saw, I saw everything but the people. Or the, the, the couples that got married. And I, I was like, I couldn't understand it. And I know Prof. If I tell Prof I had a dream, Prof wants details, like to a T. Yeah. So the fact that I couldn't place who the people were, I was just, just trying to get, you know, all the details in my mind, knowing Prof, before I tell Prof. Yes. So I just sat there and I pretended like nothing happened. And like I just, well, I just arose in a shock. Meanwhile, I actually just had this dream. And so I left it and I just, you know, went about doing whatever. And then later, I forgot about it actually. And then later God reminded me about the dream. And I was like, okay, and then God showed me, play the dream again. As if I was sleeping and played the dream again. And clearly, I saw everything but the people. And I was like, Lord, but why am I not seeing the people? He said, just. The people will be revealed in time. And I was like, okay. And then in, in my spirit, I had three weddings. And in, wow. the, in the dream, uh, weddings, when I saw happening, it happened in such a flash. 
And after the wedding happened, after they were married, whoever yeah. was married, um, yeah. everybody was talking about how quickly it happened because it's like the one second, wow. there was nothing. There was completely nothing. There wasn't even a thought of marriage or there wasn't even a potential spouse. Okay. And the next second, it was yeah. a done deal. It was marriage. They were married. So God wow. said that three weddings and that's how quickly it's going to happen. So... It's just, um, and that was before you even sent out the message or Prof sent out the message to say that tonight Zoom is going to be on marriage. Yes. So I think, I, yeah, I just wanted to share that as another uh, confirmation and encouragement. Amen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 <laughs> there we go. Stuart's one of them. <laughs> so did you hear what the word said tonight? What was the word, Stuart? One word. Yes. What's, the word? <laughs> What's the word? Ready. If. If. Yeah, preparation. Get ready. Yeah. No time to play. Get ready, boy. <laughs> oh my word. No, precis. That's why you need to be the right man, eh? Yeah. You need to be not a husband, you need to be a husband. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I love you guys. I won't keep you any longer. Oh, I'm now walking. Just a quick one. one.